0: You are listening to the First Baptist Church Martin Podcast. For more information on our church, visit fbcmartin.org. Welcome, morning, church. Give a hand to our praise team, and great job leading us. Appreciate you guys. Hope everybody's good this morning, good to see you. If you have your Bible, let me invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke and find chapter 11 this morning, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. Uh, If you've been away from First Baptist for a while, or this is your first time, we're in a series of messages starting this new year, Uh, and we're looking at how each of us, no matter where you are in your relationship to God, how each one of us can take a big step forward this year in our relationship with the Lord, how we can grow in that relationship with the Lord and how we can become more and more like Christ, which is God's ultimate design, ultimate will for our life. And so in order for that to happen, uh, there are spiritual disciplines that we have to put in practice. We know that God is working in us. The moment that God saved us, he began a work inside of us, changing us and transforming us into the likeness of Christ. But we're responsible For working out what God is working in in other words we we are to uh, be in partnership and in cooperation with the Holy Spirit who is working inside of us doing the necessary things that God has called us all to do to grow in our relationship with him and so last week we talked about reading and studying God's Word how we need to do that every believer needs to be in the Word of God we need to read God's Word study God's Word not just on Sunday mornings But all throughout the week we need to be in the Word of God because God has spoken through his Word God has revealed himself to us Through his Word and so the purpose of reading God's Word is not merely for information But for transformation that is as we as we encounter God in Scripture the Holy Spirit takes that and uses that to change us and make us more and more like Christ If you weren't here last week, didn't hear the message, I encourage you to go back and listen to it, not because I preached it, but just because I think there's some really practical things in that message that will help you in your relationship to God's Word. This morning, we are going to talk about the discipline of prayer. And I would imagine that in a room this size, if there is is an area of the Christian life where most of us in this room struggle... We find it really really hard to be consistent an area of our life where we feel really weak and Inadequate in our relationship to God it would probably be in the area of prayer I'll be honest with you. I Feel inadequate even tackling the subject subject of prayer this morning Because God is still working in my life to grow me in this spiritual discipline. I pray but sometimes I feel as if I don't pray as I should, or my prayer life could be better. And I would imagine that there are a lot of us, if we're honest, if we take our relationship to God seriously, who would say the very same thing. And there are a lot of reasons why we find ourselves struggling in our prayer life. For some of us, it's an issue of scheduling and busyness. I mean, we, from the time we get up in the morning until we go to bed at night, uh, our, our schedule just seems to be jammed. For those of you who have young kids raising families, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're up early with the kids. you got to get them ready and, and, uh, and, and fed and dressed and off to school or off to daycare. And then you got a full day at work. And then you come and you pick them up or they come home. And you got to get everybody fed and ready for bed. And by the time the day is over, I mean, you're just exhausted. And you look back and you feel as if you had no time at all to be alone with the Lord. And to pray there are some of us who find ourselves preoccupied in life with lesser things the truth is even for the busiest in this room there are probably moments when you do slow down that you stop for just a while throughout the day but what tends to happen is that when you find those moments where you just sort of sit down and and things kind of calm down in your life rather than doing the most important thing you could be doing which is pray or spend time with the lord we find ourselves drawn to the lesser insignificant things. We'll turn on the television and we'll just channel surf. Not because we're trying to watch anything in particular, but we'll just channel surf until we find something to, uh, to entertain us. Or we'll pick up the computer and we'll begin to surf the internet. Or we'll pick up our phones which we all do these days. I mean, it's always with us. And so when we have any kind of downtime, it's just natural for us now just to take out the phone and just begin to scroll social media and just waste uh, hours sometimes looking at nothing. We're all guilty of that. Most of us, anyhow, are guilty of that, the preoccupation with lesser things. And then for some of us, it's just an issue of pride. The reason why we don't pray is because we really don't see the need for it. I mean our understanding of prayer is that you pray when you've got some crisis going on in your life or there's some big need in your life or you need God to come through and for a lot of people in this room you just don't have that right now I mean you got money in the bank you got a good job you live in a nice neighborhood uh, your health is you know okay I mean there's just no major crisis going on in your life that drives you to your knees and causes you to really seek the lord in prayer and so you just don't do it because you why pray if you have got things under control all on your own and with all those things collectively together it's easy to understand why paul miller in his book a praying life said that the american culture is probably the hardest place in the world to learn how to pray and I just want to tell you this morning that if you have ever felt in your life that you have no time to pray or that Spending time in prayer is not that important or that you don't need to pray Regardless of all the good that you may have going on in your life if you feel like you don't need to pray I want you to know that you could not be more wrong There's nothing that you will do in a day that is more needful helpful important or more valuable than to spend time with God in His Word, like we talked about last week, and spending time with God in prayer. Hopefully our time together this morning is going to help us all to see that maybe a little clearer, a little better. But before we get into the message this morning, before we talk about anything else, let me just identify one other reason why we oftentimes struggle to pray. And that's because many of us just aren't sure how to pray it's a mystery that we have not quite figured out that's why we feel so inadequate that's why we feel so weak is because we're just not sure how this thing works I mean we've grown up some of us around church and so we know that prayer is something that we're supposed to do we've seen other people pray Maybe some of us have even envied the prayer life of people that we have observed in the past But we ourselves just feel like we don't get it for some reason And if that's you I want you to know that you're not alone In fact, even the disciples of Jesus Felt like they needed some help in their prayer life Luke talks about that here in chapter 11 of his gospel He records a time when the disciples, after observing Jesus, praying, like Jesus had just finished praying, which is something that Jesus did all the time. I mean, you go back and you study the life of Jesus, and I understand that in the Gospels, we just kind of have glimpses into the life of Jesus. We don't have the whole picture, the whole story, but we've got enough here to know that Jesus prayed every day, and He prayed throughout the day. In fact, He started His day in prayer he would get alone off by himself with the father before anything else before the crowds would show up before, before he took on any responsibilities or duties for the day Jesus would get alone with the father and he would pray and the disciples have watched this they've watched Jesus and his prayer life And they've realized that even though they've grown up in Judaism even though they have grown up And they know that prayer is something that people ought to do they realize that by watching Jesus They don't know anything about praying. They don't know anything about prayer, but they want to learn because they have seen in Jesus a joy, a peace. Uh, There there is a power that, that that is present in his life. And they've understood now by this time that it all flows out of his relationship with the Father. It all begins with his prayer life. And so they come to him one day and they say, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? We want to pray like you. We want to have the same kind of connection with the Father that you have, so would you, would you teach us how to pray? And when the disciples asked Jesus that, how do you think he responded? I'll tell you that he didn't rebuke them, and he didn't look at them and say, guys, you should have this figured out by now. But instead, what he did is he just began to lovingly teach them how to pray. He just gave them some basic stuff to get them started, to get them going in learning how to pray. And that is our purpose today. For everybody in this room is to just take a step forward in our prayer life. For some of us who've been praying, maybe something shared today will strengthen you and help you to pray, uh, to pray even more effectively and efficiently in your time with God. But for those of us who just have had a hard time getting started with this spiritual discipline maybe today will be the jump start that we need just to begin this year making prayer a very important part of our life and our time with God each day so let's look at what Jesus had to say Luke chapter 11 beginning with verse 1 he says now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place that when he ceased one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us how to pray as John also taught his disciples. And so then Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, who has sinned against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so what we have here is what we've come to know is the model prayer. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But before we get there, let me just kind of back up and just give us kind of a basic understanding of prayer, some things that I think will help us all in our prayer life. And The first thing I want you to notice here is, is what Jesus uh, says to us about the privilege of prayer. Did you know prayer is a privilege? In fact, it's one of the, the, the greatest privileges afforded to us. And this really comes out here because when you look back at verse 2 Jesus said to his disciples when you pray When you pray He didn't say if you should pray or if you ever find time to pray or should you ever get around to praying? Jesus said and when you pray and then he begins to teach them how to pray It's not the first time that the disciples had heard this from Jesus This is not the only place where Jesus had taught them about prayer In fact, if you go back to Matthew's Gospel in chapters 5, 6, and 7, Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount there, which is basically Jesus laying out what the kingdom looks like and, and what life in the kingdom is supposed to look like. And so if you want to know what it looks like to be a follower of Christ, well, then the Sermon on the Mount is a good place to start because he talks about a lot of different things. And he's basically saying, if you're going to come and follow me, this is what you should expect, and this is what it looks like, and this is what kingdom life looks like. And so in that Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 6 of Matthew's Gospel, Matthew records Jesus giving us a pretty extensive teaching there on the subject of prayer. Looks a lot like Luke chapter 11, though I believe it's different. And obviously it's different what Luke records versus what Matthew records But Jesus began to teach them about prayer and he said some things to them about how not to pray Because they had learned some bad habits looking at the wrong people And so he, taught, he he taught them about how not to pray and then he taught them how they should pray But as Jesus is laying this out for them He said to them on several occasions just in that one teaching he said to them repeatedly and when you pray He said it in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, and when you pray, in verse 6, when you pray, in verse 7, and when you pray, and in verse 9, in this manner, therefore, pray. And it's very clear there that there's an expectation that those who are true disciples of Christ and members of the kingdom of God will not only pray, but that prayer will be a regular, vital, important, meaningful part of our life and our relationship to God. It's like Martin Luther said. Martin Luther said at one point that as it is the business of cobblers to make shoes and the business of tailors to make clothes, so it is the business of Christians to pray. In other words, it's just what Christians do. It's what followers of Christ do. They pray. But I want you to understand this morning that that in saying that, you don't need to look at prayer as just some kind of religious exercise or spiritual duty that you're expected to fulfill, but rather you are to see it as the great privilege, the greatest privilege that God could ever afford us in that He has invited us to come into His presence and spend time with Him every single day. I mean, think about it. Through Christ, we, by the grace of God, have been given access to the sovereign God who is the creator of all things and who is the ruler of all things, the God who's in charge of it all, the God who rules the world and everything in it. We have been given the privilege to come into His presence. The God who possesses all power, all knowledge, all wisdom, invites us and welcomes us into His presence at any time. To come and talk to him about anything. What an amazing privilege that is. Like there's some of you who struggle with praying because you don't really think God's interested in your life or what's going on in your life. You think that the things that you have on your heart or your mind that you really want to talk to somebody about God doesn't want to hear that stuff because God's got too much going on in the world And I'm telling you that that is just not true that the God who rules over everything always has time for you In fact, I ran across a picture this week that I hope will illustrate that maybe a little clearer for you It's a picture of John F. Kennedy, JFK who was the 35th president of the United States. There was a lot going on in the world when Kennedy was president. It was the early 1960s. There was the, the civil rights unrest within our nation. There was a lot of racial division, a lot of stuff happening culturally within the United States at that time. And then also on top of that, Uh, You had the Cuban Missile Crisis that was taking place, and so there was this arms race and this tension between the United States and the Soviet Union, and everybody thought that we were on the brink of another world war. And Kennedy is president at this time, and there's a lot of other things on top of those two things that are going on. So this man has got a lot on his plate. There's a lot that he is responsible for as the ruler of the greatest nation on the face of the earth at that time. And yet, look at this picture. This is a picture of John F. Kennedy and the Oval Office there at the White House with his daughter Caroline and his son John Jr. Even with everything going on in the world, JFK had time for his children. And here you have a picture of this man. Listen, he's he's not doing anything but focusing on those children. And look at the delight On the face of this man as his children are just there in his presence listen that should be a picture for you of what prayer looks like like I want to tell you something listen there's a lot going on in the world but God's got it under control he's not panicking he's not stressed out he's got the whole world in his hands he knows exactly how this is all going to turn out and so God is good amen God's not stressed at all we're the ones that are stressed but but when we come into the presence of God, listen, all that stress can dissipate and fade away because we're in the presence of the one who's in charge of it all. And not only are we there, but we are His children in whom He delights. Listen, He wants us to come to Him. He wants us to bring all of our burdens, all of our worries, all of our cares, all of our concerns. He wants us to bring those things to Him. But what he wants most of all is for us just to enjoy his presence. And to know that that is what prayer is, that that's what prayer is all about, is us getting into the presence of God and getting to, getting to delight in the one for whom we were made. It's the greatest privilege of all. So Jesus wants them to understand the privilege of prayer, but not just the privilege of prayer. We need to all understand something about the purpose of prayer. Why do we pray? What is what is prayer all about? Luke doesn't record it here But Matthew does in his gospel in the teaching that Jesus gave about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount And again, he not only taught them how to pray but he taught them how not to pray and he used the Pharisees Who he referred to as hypocrites as an example? The Pharisees weren't spiritual people. They they wanted people to think they were spiritual they were more interested in what people thought of them Than what god really thought of them and so for them it was all of it was all a show and so they they prayed but they didn't pray for the right reasons and jesus identified that in the sermon on the mount and so he says to his disciples as he's teaching them to pray he says and when you pray matthew chapter 6 verse 5 when you pray you shall not be don't be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues or on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men and he said assuredly i say to you they have their reward so that's what prayer was for them it was just a show when they prayed and there were times for prayer throughout the day in judaism for the jewish people and, and when the time for prayer would come around what these men would do is they would go position themselves in a place where everybody could see them they would do this in the synagogues they would do it on standing on the street corners where people would be watching them and observing them and seeing them as they were praying because they wanted to give off this impression that they were really, really spiritual people, that they were the spiritual elites of that day. And Jesus says about them, listen, they've got it all wrong. They really don't understand what prayer is all about. And I tell you, when you pray that way, you have your reward. In other words, if you want people to think highly of you, you want people to think that you're spiritual, even if you're not, Well, you can can gain that, but that's not what prayer is for. That's not what prayer is all about. And that's not why we should pray. Instead, Jesus said, when you pray, here's what you need to do. You need to go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who's in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He says go in your room. He means go into a place of solitude, a place of quiet, a place where you can get away from all the noise, all the distractions. Just get alone with God. It's just you and God. Now, he's not condemning public prayer. He's not saying that you should never pray in public. But here's what he is saying, that if the only time you pray is when people are around, like if the only time you pray is when you're out in public, then you've completely misunderstood what prayer is about. You've got it all wrong. Because what prayer is about, is about you and God being alone together to grow and deepen your relationship to Him. The whole purpose of prayer is not just us coming to God and dumping our laundry list of all the things that we want God to do for us in this life. The real purpose of prayer is being alone with God so that we can, so that we can grow closer to Him. In fact, Jesus said, listen, when you get alone with the Father, And it's just you and him, and you learn to have a conversation with him, and you're spending time with him, and you're talking with him on an everyday basis. Here's what's happened. Here's what happens. Your father, who's there with you in that secret place, you're not by yourself in that room, he's there with you. And there really is an interaction that's taking place. And there really is a conversation that's happening. As you're talking to him, he's going to reveal himself to you. And you're going to begin to sense his presence even more. And you're going to begin to to feel yourself growing closer to Him. And He says, listen, that's the reward. He says, the Father who sees the secret will reward you openly. I think the reward there is not God just doing a bunch of stuff for us. It's about God giving us the most important thing, the greatest thing that He could ever give to us, and that's Himself. And so understand, listen, the whole purpose of prayer is you and I spending time with God so that we would grow closer to Him, draw nearer to Him. Which brings me to the third thing that I want us to talk about. And that's the pattern of prayer. So Jesus, as he's talking to his disciples, both in Matthew's gospel as well as in Luke's gospel, when, the, when they finally come to him and they say, listen, would you teach us to pray? I think he'd already taught them how to pray. But have you ever heard, have you ever heard something? Like somebody's taught you something. You, you've, you've sat in church and you heard a message, but you didn't hear it. Like you, you, know, you know he talked about something, but you don't retain anything. Like that's going to happen to you in about... 30 minutes, all right? So, so you, you hear something, but then you don't hear it. And then later on, you realize, you know, I needed that. And I wasn't paying attention the first time that came around. So I need, I need to hear it again. I think that happened with the disciples a lot. Because Jesus was throwing a lot at them. And so he taught them about prayer. They'd heard about prayer. But now as they're watching him and observing him in his own prayer life They realize that they really haven't gotten it. They really don't understand it. And so they come back to him again and Say, okay, okay, would you teach us how to pray? And so he does the same thing for them here that he did in Matthew's gospel in the Sermon on the Mount Is he gives them what we now know as the model prayer a father who art in heaven? How would be thy name you've heard that before right most of us? And so what he's doing here is not saying okay when you pray these are the exact words you should pray every time you pray like, you want to pray? Then just, just pray this. Repeat after me. That's, that's not what this is about. Now, I know some people who think that that's the case. Because when they pray, they'll pray verbatim the Lord's Prayer exactly as it's written in Scripture. Because that's how Jesus taught us to pray. And if that's your thought, then you've got it all wrong. That's not what he's doing here. He's not saying you've got to pray these exact words. What he's doing is he's giving us a template. Because what the disciples were concerned about, what we are often concerned about, is what should I pray for? Okay, if I'm going to talk to God, what should I talk to God about? What does a conversation with God look like? And Jesus says, I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you. You want to know what to talk with the Father about? I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you. And he lays it out for them here. So let's just look at this together. Let's walk through it really quick And then I'm going to come back and say a couple of other things and we'll be finished this morning First of all, he talks to them about how to approach God. He says when you pray pray this way our Father who is in heaven Now again Martin Luther quoting the great reformer once said that in that in that opening line of our prayer when Jesus said that we are to address God as father The purpose there is to remind all of us of our position and our standing before God in Christ It's not just something that we say but something that we should reflect on who am I talking to here? I'm not talking to a God who's impersonal a God who's far away and distant from me I'm talking to a God that I know A God with whom I am in an intimate relationship Yes, it is true that I was once alienated from him far from him because of my sin. But in his great love for me which i cannot comprehend or understand god sent his son jesus into the world to die for my sins and he was buried and he rose again on the third day so that through him i could be reconciled to god forgiven of all of my sin clothed in the righteousness of christ and instead of being an enemy of god being far from god I have been brought near even into God's own family. That in Christ I have been adopted into the family of God. And when God looks at me, listen, this will blow your mind if you never heard this. When God looks at me, when He looks at those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, God looks at us in the same way as He looks upon His only begotten Son, Jesus. Because we're clothed in the righteousness of christ that's awesome folks like it should almost be impossible for us to come to god and pray and call out to him as father without reflecting on and thinking about all that he has done for us in christ and just who we are now because of christ not because of anything that we've done but because of what god has done for us in christ our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. The word hallowed means holy, sacred, set apart. It's a reminder that God's name is holy. It should be treated as holy. And when we pray, God, holy is your name. Hallowed be your name. We're, we're praying that, that, that God's name would be glorified through all of the earth, but especially and specifically In the lives of those who bear His name and wear His name. Because listen, listen, we are the children of God. God has written His name upon us. We belong to Him. And as children of God, we should should desire to honor and glorify the name of our God in everything that we do. In our thoughts, in our speech, in our actions, in every aspect of my life. My desire should be to bring glory to His wonderful name, that the world would see the beauty and the majesty and the glory of the name of God as it is displayed upon my life. And so it's a prayer that God would be glorified. God would be glorified throughout all the earth, but especially in my own life. Hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is to surrender ourselves to God's will and to God's agenda. Our prayer should not be focused on getting our will done in heaven, but seeing God's will done on earth and in our own life. Our prayer should be about God's kingdom, not our kingdom. About God's will and not our own will. And here's a question for us all. How do we know God's will? How do we discern God's will? From the Word of God that's why the Bible should be a very important part of our prayer life I mean if you want something that will really help you in your prayer life then learn to pray back to God what he's revealed to you in Scripture because every time we open up the Bible we begin to read the Bible we're going to see the glory and the majesty of God we're going to see the beauty of God as he reveals himself in Scripture we're also going to come face to face with the will of God for our life and what God's doing in the world And as God begins to show us things and reveal things to us, we should begin to pray those things back to God. One of the things that will help you immensely in your prayer life is just to begin to pray Scripture. God shows you something in His Word that impacts your life, that reveals His will for your life. Then begin to pray it. God, let Your will be done in me. Let this be true in my life. Let me be like this. Let me be a person who brings you glory. Let me be a person uh, upon whom the majesty and the glory of God does rest because I am in obedience to your will. And so we pray for God's will to be done in all of the earth, that the character of Christ would be developed in our life, that we would be faithful witnesses for Christ in the world, that God would take our life and use it for His glory in whatever way that He chooses, and that we would be a part. When we talk about the kingdom of God coming upon this earth, Listen, the kingdom of God is coming. It is coming. And it will come in all of its fullness when Jesus Christ returns. And so to pray for His kingdom to come is really a prayer that, the, that, that we and that the world would be prepared and get ready for the, the return of our glorious King, which could happen at any moment. God, use me and help me not only be prepared myself, but to prepare the world in which I live for the for the coming of Christ into the world. Then he says, give us this day our daily bread, which is a, a request for God to supply the most basic needs in our life. I mean, bread, it's I mean, one of the most basic things. We need, we need food. And so the, the people uh, to whom Jesus was talking here, this would be more impactful to them perhaps than it is to us in our culture of affluence and plenty. But what Jesus is telling us is that whatever the need is in your life, whatever the basic need in your life, you can talk to God about that. Whether it's a material need, or a physical need, or a spiritual need, or a relational need, an emotional need, there's, there's, there's nothing off the limit. What, what, whatever the need is in your life, bring it to the Lord. Talk with Him about it. Ask God to supply what is needed in your life so that his will may be accomplished in you first peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says we're to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us isn't that wonderful all of your cares there's nothing that you can't talk to god about there's nothing that you shouldn't lay at his feet and so it's a reminder that we don't have to bear the burdens of life alone we don't have to Live our lives anxious and worrying, which many of us do. Is there anybody that worries in here? Some of you worried about whether or not to raise your hand right now. You worry about everything, right? There's people who worry about everything in life. And the Bible says that we don't have to do that. Why? Because we have a Father that cares for us. One who who will provide for us. And who invites us to cast all of our cares and worries upon Him because He cares for us. He says, forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who sins against us. And so it's the acknowledgement that we don't get it right all the time, and we fall short, and we miss the mark, and we mess it up. But when we do, we come back to God and we ask for forgiveness. Now, all of our sin and truth has been forgiven in Christ. He paid for it all, and we're covered in the righteousness of Christ, and so my sin has already been judged and I've already been forgiven. My relationship with God is secure, but this is about intimacy and fellowship with God every day, and so I don't want sin to remain in my life. I don't want to continue to live in sin because that's not God's will for me God's will for me is that I become more and more like Christ And so as God shows me those places in my life where I'm weak those places where I, I fall short those places where I've sinned against him I continually confess my sin to the Lord to acknowledge those places in my life where I need to grow those those things in my life That still need to be removed so that God continues his work in me And then part of that too is acknowledging that I live in a world and because of my flesh I sometimes get hurt and people sometimes offend me and sometimes people don't do what I think they ought to do and sometimes people may say something about me or do something to me that offends me or hurts me deeply and I've got to recognize that the real temptation for me is to want to hold on to those things and 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 develop a grudge and let bitterness take over my life and all it's going to do is sour my spirit and impact and affect my relationship with God and I don't want that to happen And so, God, as I'm asking you to forgive my sin, I'm also asking you to help me treat others with the same grace that you've treated me. And so, as you've forgiven me, help me to forgive others as well. So, help us to forgive others and forgive us. And then he says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, which is a prayer that reminds us that there are spiritual dangers all around there are things that we should avoid, places that we shouldn't go, things that, that we should stay away from because to, to be in those situations could cause us to be overpowered by temptation and give into to sin. And so it's just a prayer acknowledging humbly our weaknesses and that we look to God for wisdom and strength and resolve in the spiritual battles presented to us every day. See, the reason why some of us keep falling down in, the spiritual, in our spiritual life is because you fight your battles every day by yourself. You never never talk to the Lord about your struggles. You never talk to Him about His will. You never talk to Him about preparing you for the day and the temptations that are going to come that day. You're just trying to live it on your own. And you can't do it on your own. The enemies that we face in this life are too much for us. And if you don't believe that, then you're too big for your britches. That's what my mama used to say. You're too full of yourself if you don't believe that The truth is we're all weak and we need god And The only way that we can stand in this world against temptation is to be strong in the lord and the power of his might And every day we should pray for that over our life And so jesus just lays it out here he says you want to know what to pray this is what you should pray These are the things that you should be praying about Now the question is for us this morning. How do we put this in practice? How do we take a big step forward in our prayer life this year? This is going to blow you away, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. You know how you can take a big step forward in your prayer life this year? Pray. Try it. Do it. Some of you are already praying, and that's great. I mean, some of you have already established this discipline in your life, as I said earlier, and that's wonderful. But everybody would acknowledge this morning that it could be better. My prayer life could be better. I can grow in this area of my life. There's not anyone who couldn't grow in their prayer life so that their prayer life becomes stronger and more effective. But for those who haven't been praying or have struggled being consistent in prayer this is really for you this morning just like last week and talking about the studying of god's word and i want to encourage you if you've been frustrated before if you've been discouraged before if you if you tried this and then you just you just figured that it doesn't work for you and you gave up i'm, I'm begging you this year try it again But approach it with a completely different attitude than what you've had in the past. Do not see this as some legalistic burden that has been placed on you, that this is some duty that you're expected to fulfill. But understand that what God has afforded to you is the greatest privilege that one could ever have, that you get to talk to God every single day. That you never get a busy signal. God's God's never too tied up in order to take your call god will always make himself available to you at any time any place about anything you can talk to god you can come to the god who is in control of all things and you can have a personal intimate conversation with him and understand that the whole purpose of prayer is not just to get a bunch of stuff from god but that god would reveal himself to you that the greatest get in prayer is that God would make himself known to us more, that God would reveal his glory to us, that we would grow in our relationship to him and become more intimate with him, that he would draw near to us as we're drawing near to him. And then take this model prayer that Jesus has given us and put it into practice and understand that prayer is just conversational. Just have a conversation with God. That's what it's all about. That's what what we're to do. And as you do this, let me give you three simple things, all right? First of all, just keep this simple, all right? Just keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate things. And some of us, one of our struggles when we pray is, have you ever started praying and then you get stuck in the middle of your prayer wondering if I'm doing this right? Am I doing this right? Did Did I say that right? Listen, don't think so much about prayer. But think about the one that you're praying to. This is just about having a conversation with god do that just keep it simple listen if you've never if you've never been able to establish the discipline of prayer in your life and you think that this preacher is up here saying hey listen you've been wasting your time and so this year i want you to give i want you to give one hour a day to god in prayer two hours a day to god in prayer the truth is you can never pray enough but i'm telling you that's not where i'm asking you to start i'm asking you what about five minutes What about five minutes of your day to just stop read the god's word and then stop and and as, as 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 you begin your day just spend a few minutes with the lord in prayer i'll tell you five minutes is better than no minutes can i get a witness but here's what i believe I believe that five will grow into 10, 10 will grow into 15. Before you know it, you'll be spending 30 minutes with the Lord in prayer, and 30 minutes may grow into an hour, and who knows how much time you may end up spending with the Lord in prayer as God begins to grow you in this area of your spiritual life. And you begin to see the value of spending time with God in prayer every single day. And if you're wondering, you know, what what should I do? How should I approach this? Listen, there are simple acrostics that are out there to help guide people in their praying. One is to use the, the, uh, the, the word pray. And when you pray, you just you, you begin by praising God. Praising God and giving Him thanksgiving. Praising God for who He is. Praising God for what He's done. Thanking God for what He's done in your life. R, repent. Confessing your sin. Repenting of the sin that is in your life. Acknowledging your weaknesses before God. A would be the ask. Asking God, give me this day or my daily bread. Lord, what, what's the need in my life? What are the needs in your life? There are some things that are just ongoing needs. Make a list of that stuff. The stuff that burdens you, the, per- the stuff that you're struggling with, the, st- the stuff that, that you want to talk to God about every day, just make a list of that. And then and just, and just, and, and, and just ask Him. And then sometimes things are just going to come to you as you're praying. God's just going to show you, boy, you, you, you need more of this in your life. And you'll begin to pray for that. But just ask. Talk to God. Ask Him for what you need spiritually, physically, relationally. Materially just just talk to God about everything in your life And then the why is for yield yielding myself to God. It's not my kingdom. It's your kingdom not my will But your will be done here are the things Lord I'm asking for but God if you choose to do something else in my life Then give me give me the understanding to accept that listen your way is better than my way And if there's something that you don't allow or something that you don't give me, it's because you've got something better You got something else for me and help me to humbly accept that But God what I'm concerned about is that your will be done in my life and in the world And so Lord may that be and just pray Keep it simple Second thing is just be sincere Be sincere When Jesus talked about prayer, he said this, he said listen He said you don't have to be like the hypocrites who use vain repetitions for they think that they're going to be heard by their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of even before you ask. In other words, your prayers don't have to be long. I mean, Jesus, Jesus here seems to kind of speak against long prayers. He didn't say anything about long sermons, but he did speak against long prayers. Take that for what it's worth. I don't know. We he said, you don't have to use a lot of words. You don't have to use special words. Like, I know people who talk as hillbilly as anyone you could ever possibly meet. And then when they begin to pray, all of a sudden, the King James Bible gets stuck in their throat. And they're throwing these and thous and all that kind of stuff because they think that that's the only thing that God can hear. I mean, it's serious. That, that happens with people sometimes. And sometimes we think that the longer we pray, the more impressed God's going to be with us. And so maybe we've got a better chance of getting through if we just keep talking. And we just keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. And Jesus said, listen, your Father knows everything on your heart, everything on your mind, even before you ask Him. And so listen, when you pray, you're not informing God of anything. You're not catching God up on the day's events. And you're not telling God anything new that He doesn't already know about your life. Well, then why pray? Because the importance of prayer is not what you can get from God, but it is to be with God Himself. Understand that. Listen, it's just coming to God and acknowledging, I've got these things going on in my life. I've got these needs in my life. And I know that I can't do this, but I'm so glad I don't have to do this on my own because you're there. And I can bring all this stuff to you and I can leave it with you. And all I know is this, is that if I don't get anything else but you, I've got all I need. So just keep it simple, be sincere, talk to God from your heart, and stay with it. Paul Miller in his book on prayer said this. He said, a praying life isn't something that you accomplish in a year. It's a journey of a lifetime. And that's absolutely the truth. It's not something that you're going to accomplish in a year. It's a journey of a lifetime. You won't ever feel like you have mastered this until you get to heaven. As long as you're on this side of heaven, there's always going to be room to grow in your prayer life. But let me encourage you this year to start just get started talking to God Listen, he's real He's alive He's there and believe it or not, he is interested in everything about you, and he wants you to know him. He wants to reveal himself to you, and that's why he invites you every day to just come and spend some time in his presence. And I'm telling you, you can't spend time in the presence of God and not walk away changed. You, 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 you show me in the Bible where people really had an encounter and understood who they were encountering, but really had an encounter with the living God and knew that that's who they were encountering and walked away and was not changed. It just doesn't happen, and it won't happen in your life either. You spend time with God, God will reveal himself to you, and you'll find yourself growing deeper in your relationship to him. Isn't that what we want? Amen? Amen. If you were encouraged by today's sermon, leave us a rating and subscribe to the podcast. To learn more about First Baptist Church Martin, visit fpcmartin.org.